Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Wednesday, October 12th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Taylor Massetta. And I'm Noah Osborne. Here's What's What in the Big City. Governor Hochul has extended the state of emergency concerning the recent spread of polio in New York. New York state officials just discovered traces of the virus in sewage samples from Brooklyn and Queens. They're genetically linked to a strain that left an unvaccinated adult paralyzed this past summer. Officials warn that people are likely spreading the virus but not showing any symptoms. New York state health officials are also urging locals to get the polio vaccine. So far, 28,000 doses have been distributed since July. According to Governor Hochul, the state of emergency will last until November 8th. Moving underground, it has been reported that there is a surge in New York City subway crime, reaching its highest point in 25 years. The number of robberies has increased by 72 percent and the number of assaults by 28 percent. Despite rising crime levels, the number of subway users has actually declined over the past couple of years. Prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, the subway transported 142 million riders each month. Now, that number has dropped dramatically to just over 80 million monthly users. To combat the increasing crime rate, a safety plan was introduced at the start of this year. Governor Hochul also recently announced plans to install CCTV cameras in every subway car by 2025. After an incredible 96 years gracing the stage, film and television, British-American actress Dame Angela Lansbury has died. The actress's children reported that Lansbury died peacefully at her home in Los Angeles yesterday. Her versatility and talent as an actress is commemorated by her array of awards, including five Tony Awards and 18 Emmy nominations. Lansbury will be remembered for her roles as the beloved Mrs. Potts in Disney's Beauty and the Beast and a spy in Murder, She Wrote. Here at WFUV, our thoughts are with those close to her as we recognize the incredible eight decades of talent Angela Lansbury brought to TV, film, and stage. FX has recently announced that the 11th season of American Horror Story will take place in New York City. To celebrate the new series, an American Horror Story pop-up shop will appear right in the heart of West Village. The Shock Horror Shop will be available to the public over the course of three weekends starting from October 14th through October 30th. Speaking of the show's shock horror nature, it shouldn't come as a jump scare that you'll need to be 18 or older to gain entry. American Horror Story NYC premieres on FX on October 19th. You know, there really is no place quite like New York City because we're always leading something, even if it's first place in filling up the swear jar. Yep, a survey conducted by the New York Post recently reported that New York City-born actors swear the most in films, with Joe Pesci dropping the F-bomb a whopping 241 times in his 1995 hit Casino Alone. Shut the front door, really? Oh yeah, and he's not alone. Pesci is directly trailed by the likes of Al Pacino, who used the word 197 times throughout his career. The band Blink-182 has reunited for a worldwide tour. But is it safe to say the band is back in this thing for the long run? They sure are. Co-lead vocalist Tom DeLonge is back with the band and has even confirmed new music will be released soon. The Blink-182 reunion tour will run between March 2023 through February 2024 with stops in North America, Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. New Yorkers are showing solidarity with Ukraine through a friendly game of baseball. The minor league Brooklyn Cyclones are welcoming the Ukrainian national baseball team for two charity games. 
One's on Friday against the NYPD, and another is on Saturday against the New York Fire Department. Ukraine's team is here to spread awareness about the war. They're also raising money to help rebuild damaged sports arenas back home. We're going to stick with sports since we have Danny Scott from WFUV Sports with us right now. Danny, do you have any updates on the MLB playoffs? Major League Playoff Baseball is in full swing with the Divisional Series kicking off last night. The Yankees defeated the Cleveland Guardians by a score of 4-1. to The Bronx Bombers were led by Garrett Cole's terrific 6-1-3rd innings and home runs off the bat of Harrison Bader and Anthony Rizzo. Game 2 will be tomorrow. The Houston Astros won 8-7 after the heroics from Jordan Alvarez's three-run walk-off home run. The Mariners led from the top of the first till the bottom of the ninth with two outs. However, the Strohs now lead this series 1-0. Game 2 will be tomorrow. In the National League, the Phillies defeated the Braves by a score of 7-6 off of the three-RBI day from Nick Castellanos. The Dodgers also handled the Padres by a score of 5-3. The Dodgers received a huge boost from the bat of pending free agent shortstop Trey Turner's 2-for-4 night along with a home run. Both Game 2s will be played later tonight. In other baseball news, former Angels employee Eric Kay was convicted and sentenced 22 years over the death of Major League pitcher Tyler Skaggs. So I'm also hearing that the Rangers are back on the ice. The National Hockey League dropped its puck last night and the New York Rangers were victorious 3-1. Mike Zibanejad had two goals on the night. The Islanders will start their season Thursday against the Florida Panthers and the Devils will also start Thursday against the Flyers. For WFUV Sports, I'm Danny Scott. Thanks, Danny. Home healthcare aides in New York City are working 24-hour shifts but only being paid for 13 hours. While these workers are provided with a place to sleep during these around-the-clock shifts, they often end up working through the night to provide constant care for their patients. WFUV's Megan Oftermat reports that, after enduring these conditions for years, people are fighting to get 24-hour shifts repealed. That's Gu Jifeng. She's a 64-year-old, live-in, home health care worker who has been working 24-hour consecutive shifts for the past year. Here's the problem. The union and the insurance companies pay for 13 hours of work, even though live-in caretakers are expected to stay for 24 hours. Ms. Gu told me that when she works for 24 hours straight, it's impossible to get one hour of consecutive sleep. And other workers echo Ms. Gu. Nobody is sleeping during these shifts. The biggest problem that we've seen is the 24-hour shifts, and those really started becoming more common. What we've heard from home attendants, they, be, they were always 24-hour shifts for patients who needed 24-hour care. That's Jihae Song. She's a member of the Anti-A-Woman Campaign, which worked to eliminate sweatshop conditions in New York City. The organization is also supporting the healthcare workers' efforts to outlaw 24-hour workdays. Jihae says that these two issues bleed together because the same group of people is impacted for the same reasons. It's considered service work, right? So who's going to do that? It's going to be the most economically vulnerable populations, which since, you know, it's usually immigrants of color and undocumented immigrants of color. And that isn't just speculation. One Queens-based home health care agency, Sunnyside Community Services, told the New York City Council that 97 percent of their workforce 
is women of color who are mostly immigrants. While that's just one agency, Ms. Gu certainly fits that bill. She is originally from Shanghai, China, and moved to the United States 16 years ago. She's been working in home health care for that entire time, watching as the 24-hour shifts became more common. Sometimes, she works four shifts in a row. That's 96 hours straight. Even if you don't speak Chinese, you may have caught that last word there. With tears in her eyes, Miss Gu told me that this work has become very difficult. When she does have the chance to sleep, she needs to take sleeping pills, which sometimes simply don't work. She's struggling with anxiety and depression. Her back hurts from the manual labor she's required to do to assist her patient. Miss Gu was one of many home health care workers standing outside in the wind and the rain to protest these 24-hour workdays. Her fellow protesters were holding pieces of cardboard, painted red, and cut into the shape of stop signs that said, stop the 24-hour workday. This group of Asian women made their way to New York City Council member Sandra Ung's office in Flushing because they want the District 20 representative to support a city council bill currently in committee that would ban these 24-hour shifts. For many of these home health care aides, the passing of that bill, Intro 175, would end years of workplace suffering. These women are desperate. They are asking for your help. That's John Cho, a representative from the Greater Flushing Chamber of Commerce, who's advocating for these home health care workers. These women are looking to the New York City Council for help, to their union, the 1199 SEIU, and to the insurance companies who fund their services. But it isn't an overnight fix. This issue is at the center of a tangled web of city and state regulations, Medicaid spending caps and limitations, insurance companies who only cover 13 of the hours in a 24-hour-long shift, and unions that push confusing arbitration that even their members don't fully understand. In part two of the No More 24 series, we'll get caught in that web and try to find our way out. With WFUV News, I'm Megan Oftermat. That was WFUV's Megan Oftermat talking about home health care aides fighting to get 24-hour shifts repealed. And that's our show for today. I'm Noah Osborne. And I'm Taylor Massetta. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>